0: Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, I have Isosa Osagide, who is a registered dietitian, and we are talking about carb cycling. Carb cycling is a tool to use if your goal is body recomposition, which means gaining muscle and losing fat. So with carb cycling, you increase your calories and your carbohydrates on certain days to help fuel your workouts, and then you decrease your calories, and your carbs on other days. So you're kind of cycling between higher carb days and lower carb days. I will say, and we talk about this in the episode, but this is more of an advanced nutrition technique and it's not something that I recommend trying or she recommends trying and I would agree if you are brand new to tracking your food because it does take a lot more precision with tracking. So It is a good technique if you have been exercising consistently and you've been tracking your food consistently and you want to just get a little bit more precise with it. So if you're newer to body body recomposition – What I would do is check out episode number 77. We talk about just more of a basic technique, which is being in an overall calorie slight calorie deficit kind of throughout the week and not trying to cycle. So that will give you more of a basic approach if you're newer to body recomposition. Because remember that body recomposition is a combination of training to build muscle, while also keeping a nutritious diet that is slightly lower than your maintenance calories and high in protein. So again, if you're brand new, if you've never tracked your food, that is something that I recommend trying first before you start implementing carb cycling. So who is a SOSA? Asosa is a registered dietitian. She is out of Dallas, Texas. She's a food lover. She enjoys seeking new food experiences, trying new flavors, and cooking her cultural food with her family. She's passionate about helping women break free from restrictive dieting, create a healthy relationship with food, and build generational health in a mindset-focused framework. Her nutrition philosophy is food should be enjoyed, not feared. A balanced diet is flexible and not perfect. And after her clients graduate from her group coaching program, the Nourished Mindset Academy, they have a whole new mindset when it comes to their approach to good health and making empowered decisions in their food choices without guilt or shame. I love her on Instagram. I will put her Instagram handle in the show notes in case you want to check her out. Without further ado, here is my interview with Asosa. So Asosa, talk to me about carb cycling. What is it and why would someone choose to do carb cycling?
1: Okay, so first and foremost, carb cycling is a method in which you would alternate how much carbs you would eat in a day. So it could be high, moderate, low. This is all based on your workouts and your long-term goals. Now, the theory with carb cycling is that your lower carbohydrate days would encourage fat loss while your higher carbohydrate days would, en- would basically supply your muscles with that depleted glycogen that it's had during the lower carbohydrate days. Um, and I'll say glycogen. Let me explain glycogen in a minute. So, glycogen is basically the storage form of carbohydrates. Your muscles store glycogen as well as your liver, and it's used as a source of energy in, in need. So, it was like a backup source there. So, but if you are constantly in a lower calorie state, your muscles will become depleted pretty quick. So, carbohydrate, well, carb cycling but the higher carb um, days could help replenish those glycogen stores in your muscles, um, and preventing further muscle breakdown. Like we know muscle tears during exercise and strength training. Um, but we want to make sure that the muscles are able to get replenished after that type of intense exercise or exercise period.
0: Well, I love that because just to like expound on that, um, when we're lifting weights and we're lifting weights at a certain intensity, your body taps the, those glycogen stores, correct? When you're, when you're challenging a muscle and depletes those glycogen stores and those glycogen stores need to be replenished and they're replenished via carbohydrates, not fat, not protein. It's carbohydrates that your muscles need and require. Cause I think so many people are afraid of eating carbs but eating carbs can actually be beneficial to muscle growth. So can you speak to that? Absolutely. I I have to have this
1: conversation so much. I think social media is really just showing protein, protein, protein. But what people don't get is protein has its specific duties in the body and carbohydrate has its specific duties in the body. I like to think as uh, think of carbohydrates as protein sparing. So- if you don't have enough glycogen, you don't have enough carbs coming in your diet, protein then has to shift and take over the, that role. It won't even be, it won't be, um, your body won't be utilizing protein at its ability if it does not have enough carbohydrates. So pro, like you just said, muscles need carbohydrates first and foremost for energy purposes. Protein is just there for rebuilding and repairing purposes. So they really do work hand in hand when it comes to building muscle. You
0: got to have both for sure. Could that be a reason why someone feels like they're not making progress and they're still in a calorie deficit but they're not getting stronger or maybe they're feeling weaker in their workout? Could it be because they've gone too low carb and their body doesn't have the available fuel for to be able to work out with enough intensity? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so many. I have my clients in my academy. They'll come to me and they're like, "So, so I have been consistent. Like I'm telling you, I've been consistent for six months. This is unlike me to be this consistent this long, but I am not seeing any results." And then I break down their diet and I see that they are eating very few carbohydrates. Um, And they, you know, I've heard protein is supposed to be the best macronutrient in. Let, we got to stop hating on carbs so much because they really are so important. Your muscles need them. Your brain will only use uh, glucose or carbohydrates for um, as an energy source. So again, a lot of people don't realize that carbohydrates are needed to give the muscle energy. Protein is there for repair and building. I really got to get that that straight in their head about those macronutrients.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think that this is really important because yeah, I think on social media, there has been a push for increasing your protein because, you know, for the longest time people aren't eating enough of it. But I think I love this conversation because I don't think that there's enough emphasis on the other macronutrients and how they're important as well. I think maybe what a cha- what is a challenge for some people is if they are trying to body recomposition, which body recomposition is losing fat and gaining muscle. Um, if someone, which is a lot of people's goals, you know, that like toned effect, um, yes, toning or whatever. And so, you know, with that, you need to be in a small calorie deficit, but then you need to keep your protein high. So I think people struggle with like, well, am I eating enough carbs then? Am I, am I, going to backtrack because I don't have enough carbs. So can you speak to that? Like how am I, so this is where carb cycling kind of comes in is how can someone plan their, their week of workouts? Like, can you lay out a week for us and how someone could kind of like plan their carb cycling and how much carbs are eating each day?
1: Yeah. So I was like, originally when it came to carb cycling, it was specifically for bo- bodybuilding, um, body, bodybuilders and endurance athletes, and it was actually used for a short term and and when it first emerged uh, because the high-carb days, low-carb days are really extreme. But now with research coming out for body recomposition and carb cycling, it's a bit more sustainable. So what it would be is two non-consecutive days would be your higher carbohydrate days. And I like to put those days on the workouts that you do the most um, intense work. So like for me, I do um, it's so much more intense on my leg days because I'm doing strength training. Plus I'll do a little cardio as well. So I'm, there's a lot more output on those days. So I would just be a bit more strategic with like the snack before the workout and then the meal after the workout, making sure those meals and snack have just a bit more carbohydrates than my lower carb days uh, for my own body recomposition journey. And when I say low, I am still eating adequate carbohydrates. So I want to make that very clear. I'm not. It's not a keto days. It's just uh, a moderate carbohydrate t- um, intake on those five days that we are calling the lower carb days. While the higher carb days, I'm adding um, about. I would say about. 20 to 30 grams more, that's just, that could really be a snack. That could be an additional serving of carbohydrates. And this can be different for everybody. I, when I'm working with my clients, I kind of look at their, their specific goals, whether it's um, body recomp or somebody specifically just trying to build muscle, then we would uh, change up how, what their carbohydrate high days, low days would look like. But first and foremost, making sure those two non-consecutive days that are higher in carb, try to make those your a higher output days that you're working out in the gym because that's a great time to do it. It's just your, your body releases this natural insulin so it can um, accommodate those extra carbohydrates. Plus your muscles are open and ready for all the nutrients at that time too. So it just, you're strategic about your carbohydrate intake on those higher carb days. Plus you'll be surprised a lot of people are tend to eat a little bit more just because of your body you feel like oh, I'm a little bit more hungry now we can actually put some words to it and be uh get a bit more strategic with the carbohydrates that we
0: choose to to take in that's super interesting so on those higher carb days matching those to like a lake day or a full body day or whatever it is where you're working where you just have larger muscles that you're depleting More glycogen. So on those higher carb days, and that's two, two a week, you say, two a week, two non consecutive days. Are those also days where you're in a slight calorie surplus, or are you still in a little bit of a calorie deficit if your goal is body recomposition?
1: Great question. Um, You would still, you would be in a bit of a surplus, but if you look at the, total of the week, if you kind of look at your calorie intake for the seven days, you would see average, I'm still in a moderate calorie deficit. Um, So those two days would be a bit over what your calorie deficit range is that I would give a client. They're a bit over, but overall they are still a moderate calorie deficit for fat loss, but not too low to where we are not giving the muscles the adequate energy that they need.
0: Yes, that's perfect answer. It's so funny because, like, I talk about this on the podcast all the time, but I went through body recomposition. La- I'm pregnant now, so no longer. But last year, um, I'm, like, not not a goal right now, but last year, um, body- I went through a body recomposition. I lost, like, about five pounds of fat and gained about eight pounds of muscle over the year. I set a really long goal for myself. And it was so funny because when I first learned about carb cycling, I was like, oh, I just kind of do that unintentionally because... Like on the what, it, but what I did is I was more uh, disciplined during the week. And then on the weekends, I would like loosen up a little bit, still try to hit my protein and things like that, but going out to eat a little bit more, having like alcoholic beverages that are high in carbohydrates, things like that. Um, so I was like kind of unintentionally carb cycling. And for me, it felt really sustainable because it didn't feel so strict and like rigid. Um, but However, what's making me realize is that I was matching my higher carb days on the weekends with my recovery days because my recovery days are also on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. So I wonder like how it would have felt if I did my higher carb days on the leg day or a full body day and then switched it up. So I think that's really something interesting to think about, but I'm like, whatever I did it, like it still worked. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like even though it was like not technically like by the book, how you recommend I was like, oh, it still worked. So talk to us about being in that slight calorie deficit because I think people hear that and they say, well what does that mean? Like can you give it, can you give us a number of like what that slight calorie deficit and what that slight calorie surplus with the higher carb days looks like?
1: Yeah, so when I think of a moderate calorie deficit, I'm thinking you are 200 to 300 calories below um, your maintenance needs. And so what I like about that is I have people who have really big weight loss or body recomp goals. And I don't, I, I don't like the idea of going too low too quick because there will become a, t- come a time where you hit a stall and I, that in the stalls can be normal. Those can be normal. But if you started out too, too, too deep, you might find yourself you lose this weight or you find like you, you, or you see like, okay, I'm, I'm, I am making great progress, but a couple months later you're upset because the stall is happening and that's just your body kind of getting used to that um, energy, those energy needs that you're bringing in. So what I like about the moderate 200 to 300 calories below your maintenance gives your body um, not a huge shock to what's going on, but something to adjust to without, without hitting the stall too quick. When you are losing fat, your calorie needs will shift over time. So now we go back to the drawing board and then we come up with your new needs. Um and it's still at a place where you're not you're not going below what you need for like your your BMR. We're not going that far down, but you're just starts we're stair stepping. I just I love the stair step method instead of looking at we have this huge body fat percentage right now and I want to go down, but I like to tell my clients, let's stair step it, let's say two to three percent body fat each year. And I try to think people like think two to three percent, that's just so little. And I'm like, it's really not. You know I mean, it can be very, very impactful, especially if you are gaining two to three percent in muscle. And and then that goes back to the scale. I have to tell people, come on, let's get off the scale, let's look at maybe doing a DEXA scan every six months. Or every year, instead, so you can actually see the change, because again, that scale after some time, especially when you're doing body recomp, um, is just not as helpful. Um, right. If you are trying to build muscle and lose fat, because it can really look the same on the scale, but you'll see differences in your, you know, your your clothes and the dexta So
0: yeah, you will look physically different, but you might weigh the exact same on the scale, which is really important to al- always reiterate. And also like while you're gaining muscle, it can help you keep your calorie needs higher, right? Because your your calorie needs are are very much correlated with how much mass you have, like how much you weigh, correct?
1: Yes. And I and that's I always tell my clients, um Let's focus on, and it's a mindset thing. We've been told so long that cardio, 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 don't get me wrong. We need that to help, um, you know, our cardio endurance and our cardiovascular system. But muscle, what I love about it, it is so much more metabolically active. So even at rest, you're burning calories, you're burning energy. You could be sitting, I could be sitting down at my muscle percent, muscle percent, lean muscle percentage versus someone else who has a lower muscle uh, percentage and they're not they're not burning as much as I could be or if somebody else with a higher body body lean body mass percentage and that's why I don't tell people I mean that could that could also help keep your calorie intake high so you don't feel so restrictive and feel like dang if I lose this weight I'm here I can't eat much anymore like uh, that i try to tell people muscle muscle muscle
0: so much more metabolically active that you, you need calories to maintain it i love that okay so we're not going to be in a huge calorie deficit and well number one like a huge calorie deficit is really hard to sustain anyways like or you're starving all the time it, seems, it just sounds miserable so we're going to be in a low calorie deficit we're going to be in a slight calorie surplus on the higher carb days and is that also two to three hundred calories of a surplus? You said. Just wanted to make sure.
1: Right, right. it would be about two to three hundred calories of a of a surplus. And again, that's a, that's that's a snack. That's two extra snacks in a day, um, or a, a small addition to a couple of meals. And I tend to try to strategically place them around the workout.
0: Love that. I, let's talk more about that. Stay on that. So, higher carb. So tell us about what a snack macro-wise should look like before and after a
1: workout. So before and after a workout, you want to think two to one ratio. So carbohydrate to protein ratio, especially before that workout. I have so many people when they wake up in the morning, they like, okay, straight to the gym. And I'm like, no, 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 two to three, um, not two to three, two to one ratio carb to protein. If you have... um I like fruit in the morning. I'm I'm on dates right now or prunes right now, actually. So I'll have some prunes in the morning, got some good um, fast acting carbohydrates in those with the fructose and then also a bit of a uh, fiber as well. Um, And then I'll have a cheese stick with it. Now, a cheese stick, of course, that's more of a fat source, but I can get a bit more protein in there. Um, But again, majority of that snack before the workout is carbohydrate based. Afterwards, I might do um, like my lunch should be salmon and some broccoli, and then I'll make sure I'll have my rice. but since it's a higher carb uh, carb day, I'll add a roll um, like a whole grain roll in addition to it. So typically, maybe I'll just do the salmon, rice and broccoli on the lower carb days. This day, I know I can you know go up a little bit more, so I'll add another serving of carb that way for the meal. I'll have the snack two to one. And then with the meal, the meal afterwards, two to one with the carbohydrate to protein ratio. And if I still look at, you know, my fitness pal, I still have some capacity, then I'll just go ahead and have a little bit of
0: ice cream after dinner or something that I think this gives like, again, it might help break up the week a little bit and help you feel like you have like a little bit more freedom around food, which like might, Feel really nice for some people.
1: Oh yeah, you keep it sustainable like that. That's why another reason why I do. Because um, again, I my clients, I I always tell them they sometimes they they don't post when they have a dessert or they have some type of fun food and I'm like, no, 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 no. I I know you're enjoying carbohydrates. I'm enjoying them. So let me know. Let's let's be strategic about it. If you let me know. Exactly what you're doing, then we can plug in these fun foods that tend to be higher in carbohydrates and let them less less enjoy them and also let
0: them work for us in this journey of um, losing fat, building muscle. So timing after a workout, I've heard so many different things on this. What are your thoughts on? Is it more of a barn door where you can wait several hours, and as long as you're getting in the proper amount of macronutrients, it's okay? Or do you are you on the camp of like trying to eat right after you work out?
1: Yeah, there is a lot of um, opinions on this, but I've, the literature I've seen, they it's usually around that you want to at least eat two hours after a workout. Uh, I feel like right after, it's, it's just not as. Mm, realistic sometimes uh because i mean if you like me i mean i gotta get showered i got stuff to do before i can really realistically like sit down and have like my meal so two hours max definitely want to get something in that is that two to one ratio get your protein get your carbohydrates in depending on you know if it's the lower carb day versus high carb day
0: um but yeah i'll say two hours so this is so helpful. I want to summarize the kind of everything you're talking about. So if you want to body recomposition, carb cycling could be a great way to do this because it gives you a little bit more flexibility, helps you build muscle because you are making sure you have enough carbohydrates to replenish your glycogen stores in your muscle. And when we're thinking about calories, we want to be an overall in an overall deficit if you look at it throughout the week but small deficit and then kind of having those two strategic days where you have a little higher carbs now and and that can just be 200 extra calories worth of carbohydrates is that a good way to kind of think about it or do you like to think about like grams I get sometimes confused with grams I'm not gonna lie like I just put in my grams of protein and then I just let like carbs and fat like be the rest like the leftovers um, but like, do you have an easy way to kind of think about grams or is it just like, how do you think about that?
1: Oh, uh, it's tough. I would, I guess it's like, as a dietitian, I'm just like, I can, mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's easier to kind of flip-flop between the the two grams and calories, but I think my clients who have no issue tracking and, you know, you know, have a healthy relationship with that. They are okay with looking at grams specifically. They like, okay, what does, you know, how many grams should I be having? But that tends to be around that 200 calorie between that 200, 300 calorie mark, depending on where their needs are. So we can say 200 calories and then
0: let me pull my calculator out really quick. Yeah. For the numbers, people that like to see the grams. Exactly. Yeah, that's just about 200 calories,
1: about 50 grams of carbohydrate. And that really could, again, that two to one ratio with that snack, that could be sprinkled in between a snack and a meal. And then again, with that dessert later on in the day. Now that later on in the day, I'm not, you know, you're not working out at that point, but we still have capacity for it. And that's a, okay, I'm just, I'm always, as a majority of the carbs, let's try and see if we can be strategic with them around the workout. But if you know if some of them are not around the workout, a okay, you can still have that flexibility, and that's what I that's what I really like about carb cycling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Okay, I just had a question, and I think maybe other people will have this question, just to like make sure I'm clear, because I know it's like a lot of numbers and things like that. Um, so. When we say 200 extra calories, we're talking about a 200 extra calorie surplus. So technically on your other days where you're not in that, on those higher carb days, you're in like a 200 calorie deficit. So that would technically be 400 extra more calories on your surplus days or on your carb heavy days. Or are you just doing 200 extra calories to get you to that maintenance level on your high carb days?
1: You're just doing extra cal, extra to get really to your maintenance, not necessarily very good question it's it's just that maintenance because maintenance is technically it's it's surplus just because that's not where you necessarily want to live when you're in a fat a a fat loss journey um so it's just two 200 calories where you should be maintenance and then the other days are your calorie deficit days
0: yes i i think that what a lot of people get tripped up on is when it comes to body recomposition, it really is a tricky process because there's so much like – it's it you kind of have to be precise because 200 calories is not very much. And it's so easy to like go uh, undershoot it or overshoot it. So I found that what worked really well for me was tracking and getting – like really an understanding of how much I was eating, the grams of protein I was eating, things like that. But if someone doesn't want to track, is there a way you can carb cycle without tracking numbers? Or is it just kind of like, it kind of is what it is. You kind of just do have to track.
1: Right. Um, Honestly, like when you are carb cycling with a a foundation of it is track. Um, when you car it is tracking, so your carb cycling tracking is is necessary, so you know exactly kind of what you're doing. I always tell people, you know, tracking is not something that is necessarily sustainable for all. Not for all, I would say for me, like I don't track every day, but you want to have just those check in tracks. When okay, let me see what I'm doing uh, throughout the week. I might track on once, just pull out two days, random days that I'll track just to make sure everything is still um, where I planned it to be with my intake. Um, But if somebody wanted to follow carb cycling principles, they could maybe do the plate method specifically for their meals. And then those higher carb days, try to plug in um, just a carbohydrate based snack or add like a serving of carbohydrates to a meal and try to follow the principles that way. Um, But again, that, that,
0: that tracking could be really helpful with carb cycling. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, I think I, just based on my experience, I think it would be hard to do it any other way, but tell us about the plate method. That's just like, a, you know, is that like the fist of protein? And then the, tell us, tell us what yours is. Yes. Yeah, so a plate method
1: is half your plate filled up with non-starchy vegetables. A fourth of the plate would be your, protein, your lean protein, and then the other fourth would be more your starchy vegetables or your grain. So like um, a sweet potato would be there, your your wild rice would be there, and then lean protein, you know, some chicken, beef, uh, pork, or something like that could be in that uh, category. But half the plate definitely want to be filled up with non-starchy vegetables. That's typically my plate method. If somebody is not used to eating vegetables, then we'll start off we'll stair step it. So we'll do a third of the plate being vegetables, one third protein, one third starchy vegetables and kind of work from there. Um,
0: Yeah, that, that's plate method. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then on your higher carb days, you could add ice cream. <laughs> you could do the plate method and then some ice cream.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I and, I, and I always, and this is a tidbit, but when uh, another way to kind of Optimize the diet a bit is could always tell people, you know, you don't want to you don't want to eat carbohydrates alone. You want to dress it up with a protein, dress it up with a little fat. So I like a dessert after dinner just because the body is still getting that protein in, it's digesting. Then you have a little ice cream, maybe 30 minutes to an hour afterwards. Then the protein is still in there to help um, maintain your blood sugar levels without it spiking up because when you have ice cream or some type of treat by itself, you get a lot of carbs all at once and then your body has to shoot out this insulin to try to get it down and it drops and all that. But having it close to your protein and your fat intake,
0: uh, again, could just really help balance those, that um, blood sugar out. That makes total sense. Is that way if I have fruit as a snack, I get hungry like 30 minutes later?
1: Yep, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, your pancreas just shoots out this enormous amount of insulin, gets it down, then your blood sugar drops immediately,
0: and then your body's like, "I'm hungry again." Oh my gosh! So if you have like a little, if you ha- if you like fruit, like I do, I'm a big fruit person, especially during pregnancy. I don't know why I want like all the fruit. Um, so <laughs> pairing fruit with like a protein, like cottage cheese or something, could exactly yeah, but more satisfying snack than mm-hmm. just alone. Exactly. That's such a good tidbit. I love that. Yeah. Well, anything else that we that you want to cover about this topic specifically that we didn't touch on?
1: Um, I would say that if you are not currently in a routine when it comes to your body recomp journey, um, I wouldn't start off with carb cycling. Start off just tracking what you're currently doing. Start off with like maybe adding more protein to your diet, adding more vegetables to your diet. Um, and then we can start to optimize. Like people go from, okay, have the thought, I wanted to lose body fat and build muscle and then jump into carb cycling. Like, no, then then you feel a bit more overwhelmed with the idea um, and then it's un- not sustainable. Even if it's a good way you're going about it, you just see there's levels to it. So start just with, you know, tracking adding nutrition versus trying to subtract things. And then as you start to get um, comfortable with tracking, comfortable with keeping a sustainable, realistic routine, then you can start to change your diet up to match more of carb cycling. Because again, I I don't want to overwhelm too quick.
0: I love that you said that because this is definitely more of an advanced technique. This definitely would be something that you know, you get a year of tracking and getting used to your calories needs and things like that. And then you add this to kind of fine tune or go from there. I could totally see how this would be more of an advanced technique. Um, and this is like a perfect time for you to come on because we've talked about body recomposition. We've talked about just, you know, tracking and we, you know, do addressing the low hanging fruit, which is just like eating more whole foods and you, you're going to see progress when you, when you address those low hanging fruits right away and then maybe you go to just a slight calorie deficit and then maybe you go to carb cycling. So I I'm really glad you said that um cuz I think if you're new around here and you're like, "Oh, I need to do this immediately." Maybe just like let's back up. So I'm really glad. You said that. Absolutely. And
1: yeah, I I love it. Um I always tell my clients, I'm some that the dietitian, I'm going to meet you where you are. I'm not going to, you know, throw through this thing like let's let me let me me determine your nutrition knowledge what you're working with first let's look at mindset let's look at sleep stress those things are I'm almost equally as important as uh nutrition and, and optimizing your diet so we gotta there's levels to it i always tell my clients and there's no problem with the
0: levels absolutely well i am a huge proponent of people seeking dietitian help and um you know, I know insurance will sometimes pay for it. Maybe, maybe not. But if someone can come, if someone wants to work with you, and if someone is like, "Okay, I'm trying these things, it's not working, um, I'm frustrated," if someone wants to work with you, how can they? How can we reach you and work with you?
1: Yeah. So I live on Instagram. Okay, I am at your Melanated Dietitian on Instagram, and. Yeah. I mean, and I tell my my followers on my, I call them my tribe members on social media, I am that person who will just chit chat with you in the DMs. Let me know what's going on. We can definitely walk through it. Um, I send audio messages back and forth. I know a lot of my tribe members there, they're just like, wow, I'm ne- I message you. You kind of look at social media as like influencers. You know, they maybe not want to talk to nobody, but I I'm, let's talk. Let's talk through it. I don't want you to be frustrated and give up. I, I'm rooting for you. So let's, I don't mind walking you through it um, in the DMs and then we can talk
0: about maybe making this relationship official and working together. I love it. I love it. So everyone go follow her and reach out to her if you have questions. So so thank you so much for coming. This was really awesome. And I'm glad we got into this topic and thank you for Thank you for educating us. This is great. Of course.
1: This is a it's a it's a brand new little it's a topic out here that um that is gaining traction. So I think you know, having the professionals talk about it um is 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 key
0: for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.